1: Hello and welcome to Anime Out of Context, the show where I attempt to explain the sometimes weird, sometimes wonderful, but always hilarious world of anime.
0: And I roast some marshmallows over this all-encompassing dumpster fire.
1: I'm Sean Rollins. I'm Remington Chase. Alright, Remington, I didn't want to do this today. What the
0: fuck? that's how we're starting? That's the opening?
1: (laughs) Well, Rem- (laughs) Excuse me? I know we got to keep things lighthearted and comedic around these parts. Oh uh, and I'm trying to, usually I try to have like a clever ploy. Uh, it's No,
0: Sean, I understand and it makes sense. Does it? <laughs> so what were you saying?
1: What I was going to say, Rem, is that uh, there's a lot of reasons for me not to want to do uh, today's anime. And I do my best to think about your You're the betterment of you. You know, I try to do something. Do you? Sometimes, yes. I mean, (laughs) I I feel like I've been doing pretty good past couple weeks. Like, I showed you something you genuinely enjoyed and something that you had fun with.
0: And and then, what, 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 what about, like, the month before that?
1: Look, Ram, some of the principles of life is about, like, in order to have a nice, full, healthy, sustained life, you just gotta live in the moment, you know? All right, all right. And
0: is the moment I'm about to live through shit?
1: Well... It depends on your perspective, Rem. Like, there's a lot of uh, variables at stake here. Uh, All right,
0: what, what is the terrible anime that we're doing this week, Sean?
1: Well, I will say this is probably one of the most requested films we've had for a while. Oh, film. Yes, we're doing a film today because it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Uh, last film we did was uh, Grand Blue Dreaming, and that was a bit of a uh, bit of an experience for you. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, or... Wait, was it the Pokemon film that we did last? I oh, can't remember. You know,
0: what? it was Pokemon. It was. I, who can tell the difference? They're basically the same movie.
1: Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> hey, kids, want to watch some Pokemon? Oh my, no. my favorite
0: Pokemon movie is the one filled with psychosexual angst and uh and confusion. Uh, so the one
1: where Entei fucks his mom. Uh, anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, no, Rem. Uh, and. I'll be honest, the reason I have hesitated to cover this one is because if your opinion of this movie is a bad one, rem,
0: that's statistically likely.
1: If statistics play out normally, we're gonna be in a lot of trouble. Ah, oh, hell yeah. Like, like don't we'd... tempt
0: me with a good time.
1: <laughs> like, specifically from a lot of uh a lot of anime fans who love cute boys or cute men. <laughs> Uh, because if we if we have bad opinions about this movie, they'll come for us. Like, pitchforks raised, torches ablaze, uh, shovels ready to bury our defiled corpses. It is going to be a certified bloodbath. So perfect, I've been hesitant perfect. to show it to you because if that happens, I can't guarantee your safety.
0: Yeah, that's fair. All right, so what the fuck is it, though?
1: Well, Remington... Uh, Today, we're going to be watching a movie from 2004, uh, simply entitled Howl no Ugo Kushiro, Howl's Moving Castle. Ah, going back to Gibbles, Big Jib! It's been a while, Rem. It's been nearly a full year since we've done a Ghibli film. Uh, Back in May was our last one, if I recall correctly. Uh, so I figured it was about time to do another one, and, uh, lo and behold, uh, the most requested one currently is this one. And, Rem, you know how I say everybody has a favorite Ghibli movie? Yeah. This is a lot of people's favorite Ghibli movie. Like, my god, a lot of people, uh, love this movie. And a lot of people we personally know love this movie. Like- Alright, well, let me-
0: I just want to set everyone's expectations properly. <laughs> no, all right? right, you can't
1: you can't go into that with that placating attitude. You got to have at least some kind of hopeful optimism.
0: Look, I am a fan of, uh, generally speaking, of good old Gibbles. Um, in fact, I I think my my love for him he's finally evolved into Gabite. <laughs> and I think I think that. Now with that love, there's some caveats, and these caveats are in every single Ghibli film we've ever done, it's beautiful and it's super humanistic and down to earth and and delightfully vulnerable um but the worst thing in literally every single Ghibli film has been the plot um and, and i'm I'm on record saying the good parts of these movies. Are the parts with the least amount of plot, right? Um, with that being said, quick question, Sean. Yeah. How much plot, in comparison to to Gibble's others, would would you say that uh, Howl's Moving Castle has?
1: Well, it's based on a novel.
0: Oh. Hmm. Mm, uh...
1: <laughs> I will
0: say that sounds reminiscent. Mm-hmm. To I don't know. Would I? Would that be the worst big jib we've done? the the fairy one
1: the fairy one the oh. brownie one oh oh secret world of arrietty yeah yeah
0: the borrowers borrowers because once again that had good elements but it did try to have more of a plot than others
1: right um mm. I mean all right all right
0: so I'm worried that it's based on a book um
1: Uh it's based off of a uh, fairly popular uh young adult fantasy novel from nineteen eighty six.
0: Okay. All right. A nice ancient tome.
1: <laughs> okay. I don't think I do think it's super <laughs> appropriate to call a uh, book from 1986 an ancient tome. Uh, that's
0: borderline medieval.
1: No, Rem. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's still in the millennial generation. Like at like the very beginning of it. But I'm pretty sure that's still a millennial generation. We're millennials. You can't say that crap. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but Sean, it was before me, so you know.
1: Oh god. <laughs> Rem, is everything before your year of birth just ancient history to you? Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool. I didn't realize you were that basic, but that's fine. <laughs> um yeah, no, and it is uh I would say it's got a good amount of plot, but not so much that uh life would say this way, Rem. I haven't heard anybody complain about the plot of this movie. <laughs>
0: Oh, you haven't heard me talk about it, boy oh. That's why
1: I'm scared to do this one, <laughs> Here Rem. we
0: go. Oh,
1: no, I don't want- Rem, please. Hey, please. who
0: knows? Maybe, maybe it will be the first good big jib plot. Um, I'm skeptical, but it's
1: possible. Ugh, but Rem, like, I just want to reemphasize. If you insult this movie, and more specifically, if you take issues with Howl himself- we're gonna have angry, angry people on our doorstep, like people that we actually know physically in real life, like like our friends and family. That well, maybe not our family. I don't well, think let our family me, let, was me a let me yeah. ask about Howl. Let me ask about Howl. Yeah.
0: Is it is he closer? Cause cause I imagine like cute and charming and stuff. Yeah. But there's a couple different ways that could look. Is it like closer to a Ponyo or closer to a Kiki?
1: Neither. Okay. Okay. Uh, primarily because he's a 27-year-old wizard.
0: Oh, okay, that's not what I was anticipating nope. at all! No? Nope. <laughs> I was I was expecting an
1: 8-year-old kid. Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, believe it or not, uh, <laughs> main characters. <laughs> Wait, he,
0: he's allowed to write adults as main characters? Yes! Is that... <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes! <laughs> believe it so... or not, there are Ghibli films... What the fuck? ...where the main characters are, in fact, not children.
0: Genuinely, this is the first one we've covered that does that.
1: It, well, uh, well, yeah, you know what it might be. <laughs> Every other
0: one. Like, the other ones have had, like, important adults.
1: Yeah, and and the other main character, Sophie, is 18. All right, all right. For a bit. Uh, for a bit. For a bit. It's complicated. What uh, the it's far, fuck it's, does that mean? Uh, it's part of the plot, Rem. It's part of the plot.
0: <laughs> Until she turns into a three-year-old. And then it just howls a bit. He, his magic turns her into a three-year-old, and then it's up to him to take care of this whiny little toddler. Uh,
1: that that would be a very different uh uh show, but all weirdly, I don't think it would like ruin Howl for people because it'd be like, oh, a different reason, a different side of Howl for me to love and simp over. I, sorry, I didn't say simp. I meant <laughs> enjoy to look at and think about uh in a nice, wholesome way. And definitely not in a oh, biased horny way.
0: I get it. Do you? Howell is the onceler. <laughs> 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 oh no. <laughs> and so oh, no. he's 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 a tumbler boy. Oh it, wait, let's let's see if he fits the criteria. First of all, uh is he uh well dressed? Yeah. Alright, cool. Uh maybe maybe like well dressed but like slightly disheveled.
1: I mean, yeah, a little bit. He's got like a wizard aesthetic.
0: Okay, okay, perfect. Perfect. So that already checks the nerd box as well.
1: Oh, no. Um
0: ha- he he has a sensitive side?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. Uh one that I would be surprised though. I I mean, who knows? Uh does does he have any assholeish tendencies? Like not as the main bit of him, just like um, a
1: little bit. Um hmm, I mean, He's a little he's a little
0: self-serving from
1: time to time.
0: Perfect. There we go. He's a tumbler boy.
1: Oh no. Oh, see, look. Now that's already going to have angry people at us.
0: I uh, mean, but I'm 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 right. He he's he's in the same category as the goddamn Wensler.
1: Oh god. Uh, and now the only
0: question left is how bad can he be?
1: I hate <laughs> with all of my soul and being that not only did you pull out a very niche reference from like the mid 2010s not only did you pull a niche reference from an awful movie
0: can i can i just say there there was the first time i saw lorax it instantly became the worst movie i had ever seen that that's a true fact
1: the thing that like drives me up a fucking wall remington is that of all of the classic films you have not seen <laughs>
0: All of the, the films Lorax. you could have
1: spent that hour and a half watching <laughs> you instead opted to watch Dr. Seuss's The Lorax
0: who uh, what what i'm what all I'm saying is who needs to watch House Moving Castle
1: when the Lorax is basically the same thing? <laughs> you know what? I've changed my mind. We're gonna to cover <laughs> this movie, and if we die, it'll be justified <laughs> i've I welcome death. <laughs> Fear may be the mind killer, oh, but damn it, fuck. this podcast is going to be the REM killer. Oh, I fuck. am, I'm prepared to die. Hell and yeah. I salute you. So, uh, I would jump into the episode right then, but you should at least know a little bit about the plot before we start. Um, what? What's there? All right, we got, wait, we got Howl. Oh, man,
0: his castles is moving now. Uh, and Sophie, then uh, a spell will probably go wrong. And then all the soot sprites come out and party.
1: (laughs) Weirdly, you were really close until you mentioned the fucking soot sprites. (laughs) No, yeah, no, uh, it's... I mean, fuck, maybe we do just start the episode and go from there. I mean, I don't think I need to convince other people to watch it, because if you haven't seen How's Moving Castle by now, what the fuck are you doing? Remington? (laughs) Uh, But with yeah uh literally it's just the story about uh, a young girl by the name of sophie hatter uh and her interactions with howl and his moving castle and uh the results of a curse uh that's just kind of the broad strokes of it it's very pretty it's very uh lovely to watch and hopefully uh we come out of this alive so i guess without further ado rem let's go watch some howls moving castle If your opinion of this movie is a bad one, Rem. That's statistically likely. We're going to be in a lot of trouble. I can't guarantee your safety. Good news. Okay. I have found a
0: way to stop us getting death
1: threats. Nom nom
0: nom nom nom. Ah shit, my parents are pigs. Fuck them.
1: Ladies and gentlemen. We are back after watching the entirety of the hit 2004 Ghibli film *Howl's Moving Castle*. And Remington, I have in fact written a small will and testament just in case, on the <laughs> off chance that you say something that gets us both killed by fangirls. Well,
0: uh, I would actually like to start this part of the podcast not talking about *Howl's Moving Castle*.
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> hey
0: hey rem i would like to temporarily deviate from
1: him (laughs) hey rem uh mm, i don't know if uh, you know this but uh usually (laughs) this podcast has structure and formatting and we usually pick like you know one show or movie and we talk about that movie and we make goofs along the way and usually that's how the show goes What's this deviating by not talking about the movie we just watched bullshit? Uh, You know, uh, like, theater shows have intermissions, and Yeah, yeah, and our intermission is literally, hey, this is the show we're gonna watch. (laughs) Cut. Hey, we just watched the show. So, With a nice little tasteful cut for the occasional ad if we decide to ever sure, get ads. Sure. Like, you know, we we sure. were very specific about the format of this show. We've been doing it for four years nearly.
0: So uh Over four yeah, years, yeah, yeah, over four years. Wait. Uh so so Sean, Uh I actually I wanted to talk about uh emails. Uh so...
1: <laughs> Man, what a related topic to this high fantasy movie about a wizard in a moving castle and a a young cursed lady what a what a such an appropriate topic i don't even think computers fucking exist in this universe but you want to bring up emails so we get a lot of emails about attack on (laughs) titan oh hey no Rev.
0: but john no all right so into the interlude. We'll get to Hal's Movie Castle in a moment. But I just want to address this. We, we've we mentioned before, we get a lot of hate mail for Attack on Titan, right?
1: Specifically, yes.
0: Yeah. Like, there's a lot of hate mail generally, but, like, unironically, most of the vitriolic death threats come about Attack on Titan. Uh, yeah. Well, I have good news and bad news. Good news. Okay. I have found a way to stop us getting death threats. Bad news, it's through this episode. So, House Moving Castle oh, no. is kind of trash. <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> no. That's... Ram, no! Ram, you can't do this to me, Ram. <laughs> it's, it's,
0: it's a little bit trash. That doesn't mean that it's all bad. It's got some amazing shit, all right? Obviously, of course. But on balance taken holistically, sort of trash.
1: Now... Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, Ram, no. No,
0: here's the thing. Here's the thing, Sean.
1: So, I watched
0: the movie, right? And yeah. I'm like, I don't think that was a good movie. But, everybody loves this movie. <laughs> Even those who, yeah. like, don't have it as their top, it's still beloved. And and I, so I was like, okay, it, there's gotta be something I'm missing, because I, I think i I would not be the first one to say this. House Moving Castle is a little bit all over the place, right? Uh to put it very nicely, it's easy to lose track or to miss some details, right? I think that's fair and i I think I think most people who even enjoy it could could agree and I know that's true because w- during my research, I found a bunch of like House Moving Castle fans being like, "Oh yeah, really appreciated it on my like third or fourth watch. Uh, but I, I I thought, okay, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there's something I'm missing. So I, I did homework, Sean. Uh-huh. I, I decided, okay, hey, I could be wrong. Let's see some different views, different perspectives, which usually I don't do, all right? Usually you just get my unadulterated opinion, <laughs> as you can tell yeah. with how uh, uninformed it usually is. But th- this time I, I've watched multiple videos. I read a blog. There was one whole video that was like how's Moving Castle*, an underrated masterpiece. Which, like, I can understand if some people think it's a masterpiece. Saying it's underrated—that's
1: a lie. Yeah. That's that. I By agree. like That's literally
0: no metric, can you make that claim?
1: Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's our most requested Ghibli, aside from uh, you know the other big one that we haven't talked about.
0: Yeah. So, uh but nonetheless, and that that was like a forty-five minute video, like. I watched some other videos, read an entire blog post all about it, Uh, taught, learned, learned all about the, the metaphors and symbolism in it, et cetera, et cetera, right? And no, it's still just trash. It is like none of my primary critiques were addressed, or if they were addressed, here's how they were addressed. Let me just preempt these criticisms, all right, Sean? Because I found exactly okay. a, like one 10-minute video that actually talked about some of the problems of it. And I was like, "Oh, okay." And all the comments were roasting it. And I was like, "But I think it was some pretty good takes." That's largely how I thought. It. But here, here were here's some arguments that I just want to clear, get out of the way. Number one, I saw multiple times that, uh, "Oh yeah, these things make sense on either a further rewatch or if you Google some of these details, or most egregiously, if you read the book." Uh, now we've said before, manga doesn't matter. Same applies for books. Uh, I think. That on this podcast, we are reviewing the show we are reviewing. All right? We are reviewing it in its natural state. Yes. Not, oh yeah, if you watch the movie, spend an hour Googling and re-watch the movie a few more times, read the book, rewatch a fourth time. Like, <laughs> that's not how we're reviewing this. So I just want to, to push all those criticisms to the side. We are talking about the movie here. We're not talking about the book or anything else. Alright?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh number two, something I really enjoyed seeing was there'd be so so many people in, in this one, and I'm not going to talk about the, the video that specifically criticized uh Ghibli because I know that uh the there might be some haters out there, and I don't want to send them over that way. But in, in the the creator said something along the lines of Uh, this doesn't make sense right x doesn't make sense and the the comments were like no it does obviously it means Y." here's the thing the comments fucking disagreed there were a lot of people being like oh no you don't understand clearly what it was talking about is this you can't miss it uh and then other people were saying the exact same thing but clearly you can't miss it for something else entirely a completely different answer so here's the thing y'all i know there's going to be a lot of righteous indignation in this episode. I'm preempting this with a, a nice little, like, five-minute interlude just just to address it. If if you're not ready to hear some critiques about Hal's Moving Castle, you know, just don't. Just walk away. Now is a great time. All right? Perfect. Now we can get started in
1: earnest. Rem, I just have one question for you. Uh, yeah, go for it. How the fuck do you think that's going to make people stop sending us hate mail about Attack on Titan? Well, it's
0: because it'll enrage them to such a degree that now all, all of the hate mail is going to be Howl's Moving Castle related.
1: Hey, I hate to break it to you, bud, but when you add one uh, controversy <laughs> to another controversy, that's two flavors of controversies, bud. You just doubled the hate mail we're going to get.
0: No, no, because like people have a limited time in the day, so the time they would dedicate Doing Attack on Titan hate mail, they're going to change it up into House Moving Castle hate mail. At least some of them. So, at very least, we'll have some variety. Um, it, or, th-
1: or it won't get this. They'll combine the two into one mega email. Possibly that possibly. I'm going to have to read. Possibly. <laughs> so, uh,
0: we we open with a lovely shot of this great moving castle uh, moving through uh, some fog. It's a lovely establishing shot, as always ghibli great at setting the scene and obviously the castle amazing design uh visual masterpiece the castle uh i i am i'm not so cynical as to deny that right it, it's it's a beautiful movie and especially the castle uh then we see our our main protagonist sophie she's she's making a hat and uh so some other people in the hat shop uh just some middle-aged women basically They're gossiping about Howl and whatnot. Uh, Sophie decides that she wants to go out. She goes out and there's a parade or festival going on. It's a military festival, right? Uh, And I was like, oh, okay. This is going to be interesting. I wonder if they'll explore these themes of military and warfare. And the monkey's paw curls is all I'm going to say for now.
1: (laughs) Oh, God.
0: Uh, she, She runs into some uh rapey soldiers who are like hello there teenager how are you hey and they're nice and creepy but she gets saved by howl um and ten seconds in I wasn't sold on howl uh he seemed like a pseudo chivalrous fuckboy mm-hmm. which as we mm-hmm. l- which even the show would sort of acknowledge at this stage yeah not not a terrible description of the man not terribly inaccurate uh, I should also notice that I, I was watching the dub and it took a moment this it was like possibly the first time that it it really took me a minute to get going with the dub initially I was not vibing with it uh it it just seemed a little bit off uh, uh so I I'd probably recommend people do subs on this one uh, apparently from from what I've seen most people most people seem to think that they're comparable uh for house moving castle They th- they think uh, subs or dubs Both good. I think dub not tremendous, but that just I I haven't seen sub, so who knows? Uh anyway, so uh Hal takes her her away, saves her from the guards, controls the guards away, and then a bunch of black ooze monsters show up and they start attacking. Uh and they run away and then they walk through the sky and uh and he drops her off uh to talk to her sister. And she chats with her sister and she, she briefly talks about how she has lower self-esteem, right? Um, which is the only prominent mention before a, the transformation that occurs. Um, which would be fine if it weren't such a major theme. Uh, we'll talk about that more. Uh, she talks to her sister, blah, 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 a little bit low self-esteem. She goes back, uh, gets to the hat shop, and then someone else arrives. And it's someone we've, we've vaguely heard of. Uh, from now, it's the Witch of the Waste. Uh, and and she's this large woman in total, like, villain gear, right? Um, Ursula vibes going on. And she shows up and she curses Sophie, uh, essentially because the Witch of the Waste is sort of like a jealous ex. Um, and how dare Sophie be anywhere near Howell? It, it's a little bit convoluted, but not the worst thing. Um, but anyway... Sophie's curse is that she turns into a grandma. Uh, she's old as hell. Uh, but uh, as she mentioned, she's like aghast by it. we have some some cute, funny moments with her being a grandma and just trying to figure out what to do. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But there's some significant problems here. This is where the the problems really start emerging, Sean. OK, because when she turns into a grandma, she becomes a new character. It is not the case where it's like, oh, a character is aged up. Let's see how that's going to go. Before turning into a grandma, Sophie had hardly any character, which is really weird from a Ghibli movie, which usually establishes such strong characterization so quickly and so well. It has not done that with Sophie yet. But now that she's a grandma, all all we know about Sophie is that she has low self-esteem, doesn't talk much, seems pretty introverted. As a grandma... Suddenly she's narrating absolutely everything she's doing. Super super talkative, super uh, spry and spunky, right? Um, but why? That's a weird change that doesn't feel like it was a deliberate one. But all of a sudden when she transforms into a grandma, she is full on a different character. Like, it's not the case where it's like a different form of the same character. Grandma Sophie just isn't the same
1: as as young Sophie at all.
0: Am I am I crazy? Do you do you understand what I mean,
1: Sean? I mean, I, I mean, I'm hearing the words you're saying and I'm <laughs> listening to them and I'm processing them. I'm just worried that if I say something else I'm going to get in trouble. Oh,
0: Sean, you're you're already on this singing ship with me. There's no hope. <laughs> uh
1: so I didn't I didn't ask to hit the iceberg. I just wanted to go on a nice cruise.
0: So, uh in what I think is The first time out of two times that Sophie's mom shows up, Uh, Sophie's mom is is like, oh, Sophie's not at the hat shop. That's weird. Um, And so she goes to check on Sophie's room, knocks on it. Sophie just dismisses her. Sophie can't explain her curse, though a little weird that she doesn't let her mom see her in any way and instead decides the only solution is to run away. And I don't know exactly what her plan is here because I, I, it ends up where she ends up at Howl's Castle, but it is very clear that that isn't what she wanted. So she just thought, "I'm old, time to run away from everything and everybody. Fuck my family, I guess. I don't know. Did I miss like once again? Did I miss something? Because I don't think it was established well. Um, it just sort I'm of not... like, oh no, I'm old." I can't let anybody see that I'm old. So time to abandon my whole life.
1: I mean, I, I wouldn't simplify it to that extreme, Rem, but. Then I would, I would love to
0: hear the, a more complicated explanation. Um, because I uh, don't understand it, Pazad.
1: I'll let you know when (laughs) I have one. Um, so
0: she, she goes off and, and it's fun to see her just like as an old lady, like, sure. She, she's like, a different character, as I've already mentioned, she's super talkative. Now, whereas before we had her like going through the town just being completely silent. Now she's narrating the whole journey, talking the whole way through. And it's charming, it's nice. I don't know why she wasn't doing this earlier. Um feels weird, but that's fine. I'm enjoying it. Uh, she finds a turnip scarecrow dude, um, which which is fun and enjoyable, and scarecrow gives her a cane. And then helps her find a uh, a uh, a place to stay when a storm hits and that place to stay. so of course, Howl's castle, so she gets into the castle, right um and and that that's when we meet the fire calcifer, um who's i'll be honest fucked me up a little bit when we first got introduced to him oh um, because calcifer isn't what is in my mind as like a standard Gibbles character. Um, it, it felt very much like sort of a, especially with with the voice acting, it felt like a quasi Robin Williams genie. Um, but I actually I saw a better description of it, which was uh, Mike Wazowski, and yes, one hundred percent, this fire is Mike Wazowski.
1: Um, uh, I mean, you do you do know that the voice actor in the English tub for uh, for is Billy Crystal, right? Th-
0: those words mean nothing, but if there's uh, if if it is actually Mike Wazowski he plays the same character um it it, it uh, yeah. it's the same uh, but it 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 was very disorienting but Calcifer, also one of the only good characters in the entire movie uh Calcifer, he's over the top he's silly his whole thing is, is he's he's abrasive uh but but actually uh he he'll like accept some attention after a while uh but he's he's overall very abrasive
1: and and very fun Um, may all your bacon burn. (laughs) Oh,
0: we get some more, uh, interludes of, of seeing the hyper military state. And so it's like, oh, okay. So it seems like they are going in that direction. Cool. I'm very interested to see how they balance these themes, whether it will be like subtle in the background, whether it'll become more important. Let's see how it goes. Um, and yeah. Uh, anyway, so, uh, she falls asleep to the fire. Uh, she wakes up to some knocking. And a young boy comes and answers the door of the castle uh, and he magics himself to look like an old man wizard. And, uh, it's an invitation from the King inviting, uh, inviting Howell to, to meet up with them. Uh, essentially from, from what I gathered, it's like, it's, it's sort of half council and chat, but it's also, there's like a a draft going on. Uh, so like bit of column A, bit of column B on that one. Mm -hmm. Um, a young girl comes to buy a spell, another invitation. Uh, and all of these are happening at different locations, but the same door because it's a magic door. A magic door that can open up to uh, four different locations. Uh, they they start cooking food, Sophie and the little boy. Um, and eventually Howl returns and he's tired. He's pretty exhausted, but he makes breakfast. There's a really weird moment at this stage. And it's not like a terrible moment, but it's real fucking weird where for genuinely 15 seconds... They just have Calcifer, the fire, making loud eating sounds and they just hold the shot for 15 seconds. And like, also you get a look at the really beautiful food, but it's like, wow, that's beautiful food. Hey, Calcifer, could you shut your fucking mouth? Because it, it's total nom, 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 for 15 seconds, which is too long for that. I don't know why they did it. Um, it once again, that, that's not terrible, but it is just weird.
1: I mean, to be fair, one of the most iconic things in a Ghibli movie is the food scene. Sure, but why really why do good? we
0: need a single shot of Calcifer open mouth chewing for 15 seconds?
1: Oh, cause I There's mean, other shots you know, of the it's...
0: food. That's not the only one. Also, they didn't need to have him chewing through the whole shot.
1: Well, I mean, because it's, it's like fire. Like, how would a sentient fire it's burn? like food scraps. You know, oh, like... you know, fire always <laughs> chews
0: with its mouth open. That's just a quality of fire. Have you not read the ancient Hellenistic philosophies, where they describe the first principle is fire, and it always eats with its mouth open? These are just the facts.
1: That's it's, its characterization for the anthropomorphized <laughs> fire. You know, I, I. Seconds were i
0: i'm so tempted i'm not gonna do this because i care about our listeners but sean sean to, to get you to understand what if i i told dylan to add 15 seconds of of just chewing sound effects right now don't do it dylan but sean you would be
1: alarmed I mean, yeah, I would likely drive over to your apartment and punch you in the face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so
0: it, it's just one of those and things. And then
1: stare at Dylan while he edits to make sure he doesn't fucking do it. <laughs>
0: it's not a major critique. It's just a weird decision. Um, But nonetheless, we actually get to what I think is... I, I started coming around. I thought, frankly, up till now, it's a sort of terrible start. You had some decent stuff with the grandma, but the the rest, terrible start of the movie. Um, I I don't know or care about any of the characters. It seems like there's a lot going on. Pacing is really weird. Motivations are borderline non-existent or nonsensical. Uh, but now they're in the castle, and we get what I maintain is what what good old Gibbles does best at, and that is slice of life human bullshit. Uh, and and it's that Sophie decides to clean around, right? And she's hanging out with Marco and talking with Calcifer. And they're just having a, a pretty good time uh and and it's uh it, it's quite enjoyable. I mean there's one bit where she straight up uh almost kills the fire like she she physically and psychologically tortures the fire and that that that's just not really discussed. um it, it, it's like hardly even played for laps. It's just sort of a thing that happens and that's weird um, <laughs> especially because I mentioned this earlier. I do want to remind everyone, this movie is a metaphor about the Iraq War. So, and that's not me being like, oh, just choose a war. No, like Miyazaki has openly stated this. So, you know, just a little weird. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy these little slice of life moments. Uh, the the little boy is borderline meaningless, but he has some fun, cute moments with, with Grandma Sophie. It's enjoyable to see them mess around. Uh, as well as the charming Scarecrow. It's going great. Uh, but then Howl comes back. Howl
1: is a bad character. Okay. Uh, yep. Nope. All right. I'm going to finalize that will right now. And now
0: here's the reason Sean is finalizing that will. Because I think, unironically, one of the top three reasons that people like Howl's Moving Castle is that they're simping over Howl. That
1: is, I wouldn't. One of the I wouldn't largest... say those words. Yeah,
0: wow. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the largest contributing factors. I I won't go so far as say it's like the only reason, but top three, unironically, just people simping for Howl. Now here's the problem: Howl doesn't have consistent or good characterization. What they try to do with Howl is they they like, oh, he starts out selfish and vain and only caring about beauty. Right? But then he starts to care about others and realizes the value in them. But that's not the journey he goes on? Like, he doesn't, first of all, he doesn't change that much. And then the change that does happen, it's not like there's a transition. It's just, oh, okay, suddenly he's this way now, I guess. Cool. What little characterization he does have it's just not handled well. it's inconsistent. I think the journey they try to make with him they they strongly fail with it. uh, and, and we'll address more of those details later, but uh Howl, uh he he like he left and he had to how to describe this places are getting bombed, and Howell becomes a birdman to go and sabotage the bombing. And fights off demonic representations of soldiers and bombs. Did I get that right? Um,
1: <laughs> I I mean yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Just wanted,
0: because once again, it's just there's a lot in this movie, uh, which uh, I will say it's in its favor. It as with all good old Gibbles, they are thoughtful productions. All right, they are very deliberately handled, very mindfully done. And and it's it's lovely to see such innovation, creativity, thought, and effort placed into it. That does not mean that it, it's going to be great. Uh it, it's very unique, which I appreciate, but I don't think it's good. Continuing on, uh how when he returns, he's exhausted, he's fucked up, he goes, does a bath, but due to all of the cleaning, there's a mishap where the worst thing in the world happens to him and he turns into a ginger. Um
1: <laughs> Hey, hold
0: on. <laughs> And then we have this really weird tonal whiplash, right? Uh because he talks about how repulsive he is because he's a ginger now. Uh he, and he's like I see no point in living if I can't be beautiful. Um and and he starts he gets real mopey and sad and like dark shadows start encroaching in and everyone's at risk of of getting destroyed within this castle. And they played off like Initially, it was like, oh, how silly, his hair got screwed up and he's overreacting. But now they play it off. They just switch it 180. It's super serious. Um, I think there's a part right here where uh, Sophie goes and cries. Um, she, she, She starts crying. She's so overwhelmed by what's going on. And then I don't think there's a change between it being like super overdramatic and crazy and intense to then Grandma Sophie just decides ah, uh, he's overreacting, come on, let's get you to the bath, it's all gonna be fine. It it quickly goes from, there's a chance we may all die, and this is really intense and sad, to, actually, it's not a big deal, it's just overreacting, haha, <laughs> silly, silly. And th- it really feels like there was, like, a cutscene or something there. The pacing is really off in that moment. I don't know, I,
1: I haven't read the book, so I couldn't tell <laughs>
0: Uh but, but once again, we shouldn't have to read the book. No. Uh so they get him all fixed up. He switches from being a ginger to having black hair. Um, not really for any reason, other than I think they want a black and white motif. But if they just switched him from having blonde hair to black hair, then he couldn't overreact as much, I guess. Uh but he switches to having black hair, and I guess it's when he gets black hair. That he makes, like, 50% of the change into being less selfish, I think. Because now he's less... Now he's more, like, honest about stuff. He talks about what's going on. He talks about how he just wanted to be beautiful. But, like, now, apparently, with his black hair, he can't be. Although, once again, it's not like suddenly he stops trying with his appearance or anything. He still tries very hard. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's not a casual thing. Um, it... Doesn't seem like that really ever leaves, even though they present it as a character flaw that he overcomes. It's real weird. Uh, continuing on, after they handle that uh, and, and get Howl all fixed up, uh, Howl gives a little exposition about with the Witch of the Waste. Uh, apparently, uh, yeah, they, they used to have a thing going on, right? And uh, and he broke her heart and she really wants his heart. Um, and then she's also been invited to meet with the king and all that fun stuff uh and how's like i can't visit the king too spook, but also i apparently at some point i like i promised i would but i'll just send you and you'd be like se- tell them you're my mom and that i didn't arrive and that i'm too useless for them anyway cool all right so she goes and he's like oh and I'll, don't worry i'll be right behind you but disguised So she goes, she gets there, and a weird dog, like possibly the weirdest, ugliest anime dog I've ever seen in my life, shows up. I don't understand the design of this dog, who's, it's like old and scruffy, but also has like red chicken legs, I swear to God.
1: No, that's accurate.
0: (laughs) Which, I saw the dog and I was like, real weird design, but I mean, it is a dog, which like, for me, that's a bonus. The dog is sort of shit. (laughs) (laughs) They try to make the dog important. And like the dog becomes one of the main crew. But I don't know. Ghibli, what happened? Like normally you're like animal or weird creature. Let's add a ton of personality into it. The motherfucking scarecrow has infinitely more character than the dog. The dog just doesn't have much personality at all, which it doesn't sound like a major point, but the dog is like, he's part of the main crew from this point forward. So it sort of is important. Uh, It it takes a lot for me to be disappointed in a dog in anime, but I was, I was.
1: Um, I don't know, you usually seem pretty disappointed about me.
0: Hey, finally accepting that, that you're dog at heart. Uh, no, so, I, I, it's just
1: meant for a goof. It was so, for a goof, right? So uh
0: the Witch of the Waste also arrives. Um, and then we have an uncomfortable and awkward scene that I think is supposed to be humorous.
1: And that's the Is it the stair scene? Yeah,
0: it's the stair scene. Yeah. So I think what they want you to have the the witch is is a large lady, right? And I think they want you to feel that schadenfreude right um and also like straight up just haha she's fat like the predominant joke here is that she's fat uh not not anything about it just that she is and so she has to climb upstairs right and they sort of bicker on the stairs but they they do that like borderline body horror thing that Ghibli sometimes does uh we saw it in like spirited away for example as the witch is struggling to get up the stairs, I think what they want you to do is like, hey, the witch has been such a bad person that you feel a little bit of schadenfreude. You feel a little bit of joy about this bad person suffering, right? I think that's what they want you to feel.
1: I believe that's the intent, yes. Well,
0: and, and more specifically, I think they want you to be like, ha ha ha, yeah, fuck you, fatty. I think that unironically is the distillation of what they how they want you to react in this scene um and I can't really interpret the stare scene in a different way two problems with that one not a great thing not a great response to go for generally um, like ha ha fuck you fatty like I uh, and uh, don't get me wrong it, it it's an older production almost 20 years at this point uh but nonetheless e. Uh, But then two, also, I don't think they even accomplish it that well because it's not that funny. And also the schadenfreude isn't really there because we haven't, like, I'm not convinced to dislike the witch at this point. We've, we've seen her like two times up till now and both times she's just been pretty lackluster. Like, it's not a case where you're like, oh man, I hate her. You're just like, yeah, I guess she's the baddie. She, she's villainous, I suppose, which isn't going to elicit schadenfreude. So yeah, just a wildly uncomfortable and weird scene. Uh, but they, they get there and uh, the the witch takes a seat where then a ritual happens where all the magic is removed from her and she ages up to her proper age. Um, and, and so she's old and weak and feeble. Uh, meanwhile... Sophie meets with the the king's sorceress and the king's sorceress, uh uh Madame uh Solomon,
1: I think. Yeah.
0: Uh Madam Yeah, Suleiman. Suleiman, yeah. yeah. Good old Suleiman. Um, and and Suleiman is l- lays it out pretty clearly, a little bit of backstory about the witch and also Howl, and talks about how uh she took away the witch's powers and magic, and she could do the same for Howl. Which I understand, like, Sophie's like, oh. That would mean that Howell can't be can't live his free life and may have to get involved with like the war stuff, right, which is bad, but also for Howell's character growth, it really feels like he should lose his magic because his magic has been almost exclusively used at this point to feed into his vanity, his general selfishness, his uh just just all all of these character problems with him according to. The show, his cowardice, um, him running away and avoiding all of his problems, right? Uh, his his magic is, has done all of that for him. Uh, and once again, this isn't like me critiquing, this is me saying like in the world of the show, that's how it goes. And so if your character arc is like, okay, going from all of that to not doing that, it feels like actually the the move would be for him to like lose his magic so that he doesn't run away. And, and I'm not saying like, oh, like there are plenty of reasons why that also shouldn't happen, but for the arc they're trying to create, it it's just once again an inconsistent presentation. Uh, where where sometimes the 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 magic is is he's just using it for all of those bad things, but other, other times it's like ah oh, yes, but it's vitally important for his freedom. Uh, and also to stop is any in main involvement with the war, even though he does get very very involved with war and. I mean, I'm going to say it. Howl is responsible for some deaths out there, Uh, but (laughs) that's fine. Uh, Howl arrives as the king uh, pretending, but then the actual king arrives. Uh, Solomon uh, uses some some magic to try and remove Howl's uh, powers, but Howl escapes with Sophie, the witch, and also the dog comes along. The dog, who apparently was Solomon's dog, but just decides to tag along um
1: i mean you gotta keep your cute mascot characters in frame as much as possible Man, but it
0: is not a cute mascot character nor is it an interesting character which once again like i'm all for motherfucker just bring a fucking totoro log or a soot sprite like you've created such lovely creatures in the past what's up with this shitty dog that's bland and meaningless i hate this dog I hate this dog because I know Ghibli can do so much better and more interesting. It can be, it can have either a more interesting personality, uh, or or be cuter or or more expressive. But no, the dog just never wants to be there. That's its personality. You, you look on its face and it's just like, I don't know why I'm here either, dude.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like a good good question. So they.
1: So you're telling me you don't want a, a Heen plushie? Is that his name? His name is Heen, yes. H-E-E-N. <laughs> no,
0: fuck, fuck that dog. I hate that dog. <laughs>
1: I mean, I did find a very interesting plushie that may or may not look like a floor scrubber.
0: Oh my god.
1: <laughs> so. Yeah, there you
0: go. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ, I hate it. Uh, but it doesn't have the, the weird ass legs, so. Uh, so they they escape, right? And eventually Howell goes off solo to like help distract him and divert them as they're being pursued. Uh Sophie and Sophie the witch and the dog they come crashing into the castle uh and and they they get situated all up there. Uh Sophie has a nightmare about Howl before then uh Howl actually comes home and she goes to like check on him, right? See what's going on. Uh also at this stage like in the dream she declares I'm pretty sure it's a dream. Um, it, it it's a little bit. It indicates it's a dream, but also it's it's one of the weirder Ghibli, so it's like, meh, who knows? Uh, but in the dream, Sophie declares her love for Howell uh, because this is going to be a romance, y'all. Um, which it is not a good romance. If you thought it was a good romance, you are just you. What you have done, you are simping for Howell and you are placing yourself into Sophie's bland personality. That is what you are doing. That that, oh, that is why you think it is a good romance. Because you it's not it actually loud, a good romance. Brim,
1: you can't say it out loud.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm the voice of the people, and the people speak truth only. Uh all right. So uh how Hal, Hal actually comes home, they go, uh they they end up like reshaping and moving the house, and uh and now there's different locations in the door. One of them is a nice little secret garden. Uh but then then Howl is, is like, all right, we, we got to like handle this stuff. At one point, he has this. I, I don't know exactly when, but I wrote it down because it was cringy as fuck. He, has, he had the line that he's done running away. Now he has something he wants to protect. It's you. And he tells that to Sophie. Um, yep, yep. That's real cliche. Yep. Come on, Ghibli. What? You can do original, unique shit. So why are you leaving on a bunch of cliche bullshit? Just wait until you see how some curses are fixed. Uh, spoiler alert: it's all fixed in the same way. just think to yourself right now. All right, make a prediction if you've never seen it. What is the most cliche way to break a curse? All right, hold that thought, and we'll get around to it. Uh, so Howl sabotages a battleship. Is chased by some demons. Um, fights with them. Uh, Sophie chats with the witch about love. Uh, and they have a little heart to heart. Though this heart tart is seemingly meaningless because it seems like, oh, they're, like, having a nice connection. And now, like, the witch sort of understands that, that Sophie's into him. But the, the witch ends up imperiling all of their lives later because of her jealousy. So I don't know what this conversation does other than being like, hey, audience, romance. Uh, which, no, no. Mm. Then, uh, we get a really weird scene. Uh, which I know there's been a lot of those because th- there's not a whole lot of, like, I, I think it was, it, it might have been the South Park guys, I can't exactly remember. But they talked about, like, in the writing process, right, ideally, you have a list of events and they're followed by, uh so, therefore, but, however, right, so everything touches on one another, everything is important. It drives forward the next action or is complicated by the next action, right? Uh right. th- th- this movie just sort of like things happen. So, Sean, uh you you know uh Sophie's mother character very important character, right? Um she had like two lines of dialogue. Yes. Well, now Sophie's mother arrives and sees Sophie and recognizes Grandma Sophie and is like, "Oh my god. So- Sophie, it's so lovely to see you. Here's some gifts." Um but as we see, one of the gifts was a peeping ooze trying to spy on them. And then there was a poisonous cigar as well. And the mother gets back in her carriage and is like, I now just let me see my husband. I'm so sorry, Sophie, that I had to do that. And that's never brought up again. What the fuck? (laughs) First, where the fuck did that come from? Second, it doesn't go anywhere. So what's the fucking point? It's so weird. It's such... Oh, my God.
1: I'm sure it makes sense in the book. (laughs) I...
0: (laughs) It was... I saw the mom and I was like, oh, really weird. And, like, I wrote down... Because I thought it was trying to be heartwarming and it was trying to, like, do a proper bonding moment with them, right? And I was like, this isn't justified because we didn't, like, see them bonding ever. Their, Their literal only interaction before this moment has been... Sophie telling her mom that she's sick because she didn't want to show her old face that's that's all and then we have a bonding moment but actually it's a betrayal what Pardon me I have no idea. I don't even know really how to talk about this because it, it's just real weird uh but uh as the the as the witch is popping out fat clouds, you know as she does uh it it she she's gradually killing. The fire, because the cigar smoke is poisonous uh, or or something to that effect. Um, So the fire is starting to die, but they fix it and they're handling it. There's more bombs. Um, uh, Now the bombs are directly overhead and the hat shop is about to be bombed that they're sort of in. Uh, But then Howell, he stops the bomb from hitting there. The rest of the bombs all throughout the town, fuck all those people. Um, And now I think it's appropriate... To, to really start talking about war in Howl's Moving Castle. Because war We don't have to.
1: We don't have to. I mean, we can just skip past I that. I mean,
0: Sean, it is the ma- the major theme. It is the single biggest theme in the entire movie, Sean.
1: Mm, a, I, th- I, I thought the biggest theme was, you know, uh cute size of life stuff with uh fires chewing with their mouth open. Oh I god, I thing. wish.
0: I truly wish, Sean. Uh but but that that is not the case uh cause as you guys will recall this movie is is about the iraq war
1: and and, Uh, uh, i mean that's um...
0: now here's the thing i'm fine with having a movie with a lot of symbolism and to generally protest the iraq war right um like yeah no real solid uh general anti-war message 100% uh uh talking about propaganda and the dangers of blind nationalism uh, on how those can be used for atrocities. Hell yeah! I'm on board with this type of content. And with it being the most significant theme of the movie, I would hope that it'd be done well. It is really not at all in any way. Let me explain why. Uh, first, the- Sometimes it's presented as like, oh, this war is like super important. Oh, man. And it's so unfortunate that it's going on. But unfortunately, we never really feel the consequences until like the hat shop is being bombed. Until then, it's like, oh, yes, isn't war bad? Oh, shit, I'm being bombed. Oh, fuck. But if they want to present war being terrible and bad, it's like you need to show. Yeah, no, it's. Fuck their consequences. We see people reacting to consequences, right, and saying it's bad, but never does this movie like be like, "Oh yeah, let let's actually talk about loss and talk about why it's bad." They just sort of the 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 movie's claim is, "Hey man, war's pretty 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 shit, ain't it?" Y- y- sure, yes, it is. I agree. Is that all you have to say? And for the most part, yeah, it is. Uh, There's a little bit more nuance in some moments that I don't think are very developed in any way. Uh, But overall, it's just, yeah, this is bad and unnecessary, which I agree with, especially if we're talking about the Iraq War, right? I'm there with you. But I think you should have more to say or at very least capture more emotionally what you're trying to convey because studio ghibli i know that you can do some great emotional stuff you can capture complex emotions in powerful ways i've seen you do it before so when talking about something that seems ripe for this type of complex emotion right why does it never allow us to feel any of that why does it just say war is bad and leave it at that, telling rather than showing or feeling. And I, I don't know. It, it feels like a lost opportunity, and just feels like they failed on what they were trying to do in that regard. Uh, and I, I, keep saying war is the major theme. There's some other themes, Sean. Um, like for Sophie, the major theme is is self-esteem because she's very self-conscious, but she'll fluctuate. Uh, she will uh, become a bit younger when she's feeling better about herself. Um, and she'll feel a little bit older when she's more self-conscious. But even that, first, I don't know why that happens like in the lore of the show. I don't know why the aging and de-aging happens. I know why it works for the metaphor, but then also for the metaphor, I think one, it's inconsistent, but then two, it's just not very interesting because we we didn't see much before the the transformation, before the curse to show that she was super self-conscious so it's like, it's hard for us to juxtapose anything, uh, when almost all of her personality is just as a grandma. Uh, so yeah, they just, yeah, it's a little bit of a clusterfuck, little bit of a clusterfuck in all of those ways. Uh, anyway, you had a lot of drama going on where, uh, at one point, Howell leaves, uh, they, the castle, they, they decide to leave the castle, the castle gets destroyed, but then they want to remake the castle, so... She feeds the fire, her braid, and that provides him enough power to create a smaller iteration of the moving castle. Um, and, and that sounds like a lot is going on. I don't know. That whole bit, it's a really weird, confusing bit. So I'm just going to leave it at describing the events as they are. <laughs> because the motivations and rationale for all of that are very fuzzy. <laughs> like they want to be like, all right, we need to escape from the hat shop. So we need to move... Slash maybe destroy the castle, and then rebuild it, and then get the fuck out, sort of. Uh then it's found that Calcifar, the fire, has Howl's heart. His actual heart. Uh, which the witch decides because she's she's jealous, she takes Howl's heart. Um, which which is putting Calcifar in danger as well as the rest of them. Uh everything is fucked, everything is dangerous. So the only way that uh that Sophie can think to fix this is by pouring water on it possibly killing Calcifar and howl uh but fixing the immediate problems uh that causes instability sophie and the dog fall down a cliff they're okay um and actually a door survives that is a door into the past this door into the past through through a shadowy murkiness goes to the secret garden where they see young Howl and a bunch of shooting magical stars, and one magical star lands on Howl, and then Howl decides he's going to eat the star, and then the star emerges as a fire. That star is calcifar, but now it has his heart. Um, all right. (laughs) Okay. So, if you've not seen the movie, you're probably a little overwhelmed. Yeah, uh, that's sort of the viewing experience. Because also, it's not really explained why he eats the star or why he gives Calcifar his heart. Now, I've seen responses to this, Sean. Um, yeah, yep. Because there is a con- canon answer in the book. Yes. But we're not talking about the book. We're talking about the movie, which does nothing to explain any of that shit.
1: I mean, maybe it's up for interpretation, Reb. Ever consider that? Now, up for
0: interpretation is fine, right? When you're like, there's a little bit of ambiguity here. Uh but having seemingly random actions that make no sense and are completely completely lack justification within what you've shown us, uh, but are also pivotal to everything. Hmm, That's less fine. Uh, Once again, they could have just not had this. Uh, it, I think, makes it more confusing and weird within the realm of the movie but you know, that's how it goes. Uh, anyway, a hole swallows up Sophie and she escapes out through the same door that uh, that she went in. Um, and on, uh, now Howl, fu- fully demon bird uh, form, is is waiting. They kiss each other and reunite. Uh, they reunite with the others. The witch gives back the heart and Calcifar is also still alive and everything's Gucci and good on that front. Um, it's not really explained why the witch has decided to give the heart back she says it's like oh i like sophie's like please can i have the heart and which is like oh, i understand that you really really care about this don't you it's like yeah i really cared about it when we were all going to die as well <laughs> like I, <laughs> could you not tell by the fact we were going to die and i was like oh my god we're gonna die give it back <laughs> Was it not clear at that stage <laughs> that I really care about this? Um. Uh, uh. So. Uh, the heart is returned to Howl and Calcifer is freed as a spark. Um. They fall down, but they're saved by the Scarecrow. The Scarecrow snaps, but uh, but is is given a, a I think a little kiss from Sophie and transforms back into the prince of the kingdom, who it was like in a genuinely a throwaway line. It was mentioned that the missing prince was the reason for the war. Now, I think it's okay that it was a throwaway line, frankly, uh, because it it the reason for the war isn't like super important. Uh, a bit weird that this is the prince. And now the reason why that he was freed is because all it took was a kiss from your true love, right? Which apparently is Sophie. Why? I don't know. I don't know why the Turnip Scarecrow fell in love with with uh, Grandma Sophie. I don't have the answers for you.
1: I mean, you could at the very least do him the dignity of calling him by his name.
0: Turniped? Turnip. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> th- then, uh, uh, so he needs for you to be a, a prince, and they all decide to be a happy family with the, the prince and Howl and Sophie and the kid and the fire and the witch and the dog. Uh, and then... The dog contacts Solomon through her crystal ball and shows them all as a happy family. And then Solomon, this is a moment I saw different interpretations of, right? And I saw different interpretations that both said how obvious it was that this was the correct interpretation. So I'm going to say both because I think either one is dumb. Mm. So I want to cover my bases. Explanation
1: one. You want to make sure. Yeah, I want to make it that clear no, that ma- it
0: doesn't matter like, oh no, you see, well, the reason actually was now, see, it all makes sense. Because my main critique is isn't about exactly the nature of this, Um, but it, it's worth listening. So due to either seeing that the prince is alive and well and not missing, and that was the reason for the war, or seeing... Howell's personal progress and seeing them as a happy family, Madame Suleiman decides to just end the war. And so it ends. Ooh, boy. Okay. Let's address that war theme once again. If you want to talk about how difficult and how much of a struggle war is, then I think you are doing your audience an injustice when then you're like, Ah, you know, it was silly anyway. Let's just... I've seen happiness. We can just end it. That seems like a lazy and weird way of handling that, and it also doesn't feel like you are doing any due diligence or justice to how complicated and harmful these things are. Right? Because after this, they they just fly away happily. They're a happy family on the castle. So I guess we're just the war can just end. It's just that easy and I guess ignore all the firebombing that happened. I don't know. I, like, I think it's terrible commentary on war. And it's, don't get me wrong, it's not like that's the, what I'm going for in Ghibli films, right? That's not like what I expect. But when it is the major motif of your film, all right, well, yeah, let's talk about it. And especially when the inspiration and most of the major changes you made from the book are, are towards this end of, making a commentary on the Iraq War, like, yeah, no, I'm going to hold it to a bit of a higher standard with that theming then. And I think it just fails in a bland and oversimplified way.
1: So you're saying it would have been better to make a full original story that dealt with the themes of war rather than trying to shoehorn those themes into a book with multiple differing themes.
0: I I think that's one way. I, I think... Even with the extent that they did, all they needed to do was change some of the war scenes. Like the early war scenes where like the military parade and everything, solid. Like, okay, yeah, we can see that these people are all in um, and and that the, the military, it's like not, it, it's some shady shit, right? Cool. Awesome. But from that point forward, it's the literal only point it ever makes is war's pretty bad, ain't it? Yeah, I guess it is. Do you want to add anything? No. Cool. All right. And that's where we're left with. Like, once again, I want to emphasize, I I watched, like, an extra hour's worth of content and read an entire blog post, all arguing the merits of this film, right? All because I was like, I have to be missing something. And nowhere did it address anything that I had missed. I think that there's three main reasons that people like this show Sean there's three mm. number one mm-hmm. we've already addressed yeah. they simp for Howell now I wish Howell was a better character but he's he's really just not unfortunately but you can simp over him cool number two number two I think and I'm being sincere with this one even though it sounds super patronizing I think that there's a portion of people who watch this and because of like the prestige of Ghibli, and because of the unorthodox narrative, uh, they're like, oh, I don't really get it, but that means it's smart. I'm not saying that's everybody, by the way, but I, I am saying there's a portion in that category. And last but not least, I, I think, I, I think there's just some people who can shut their brain off and be like, damn, that's a dope-ass castle, and then they just ride on that for nostalgia because the castle is dope as hell but the movie i don't think it's that great like here here's an interesting note um how's movie castle is one of my girlfriend's favorite ghibli films right yeah one of her all time favorites yep. first of all she like and she remembered many of the characters many of the moments she did not remember that there was a war going on in the movie um even though once again it is like the thing uh, which indicates, like, that's not the thing people are remembering. They, they might remember, like, sort of the vague visuals of of this holistic view, right? Which, once again, I get down with some Ghibli visuals. Solid shit. Um, But I just think there needs to be some more. Uh, So I know there's going to be a lot of people. There's going to be so many people being like, "Rammington, you just didn't get it. Uh, And then it's all 30% of those people are then going to list something I addressed. (laughs) Because that happens a lot. Um, And and yeah, I still feel like I have to be missing something with how beloved this is, with how well acclaimed, because it just sort of seems like an inconsistent clusterfuck that doesn't say a lot, doesn't have great or interesting characters, especially when compared to Ghibli standards. I I would need to think about it, but it is a strong contender for my least favorite, Ghibli. And that's unfortunate, because there were some moments where I really thought I'd come around.
1: Now, I know that helping any of your arguments is going to get me in a lot of trouble. Uh, (laughs) Ah, come on in, the water's fine. I will say, uh, to your second point, I don't know if this helps or hinders it, but uh, Alice Moving Castle is the first major movie after Spirited Away released and won its Oscar.
0: Yeah, one what, what, like, it, it, it makes a ton of sense, where it's like, Spirited Away comes out, and it's like, it's well acclaimed, and then Howl's Movie Castle comes out, and I, I think there are a lot of people just sort of riding that prestige and being like, no, it has to be good, therefore. And look, if you really enjoy Howl's, which I know is almost all of you, <laughs> that's fine. Good for you. I wish I could, but there's just far, far too many reasons that make it difficult for me. I think it's a poor war story. I think it's a poor love story. Um, I, I think it's a poor drama. And I think, we, astoundingly for Ghibli, the slice of life moments, there's are so few and they don't, they aren't as high caliber as we're used to, but it is a dull castle. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, God. We're in trouble this time, Rem. Um, I will also, uh, cut this off at the head, because I know, based on your specific criticisms, we're gonna get a lot of recommendations for another Ghibli film, uh, that handles similar themes, but in a, uh, much better way, according to everybody else. Uh, so before they send those emails, yes, we will cover the grave and the fireflies. We will cover it eventually. Don't worry, we will. Uh, it's on the list, but there's a reason I've been saving it. Right. So I,
0: I just feel like, like I, I feel like there's just some disconnect between me and Ghibli, because I, I often appreciate the studios' like originality, and they have such a distinct style and voice, right? And I love that. I love seeing that, especially in the wave of cookie cutter, copy paste, isekai nonsense, right? It's so nice to see something unique and and thoughtful, but. That isn't all it takes. Like, I might even recommend to a lot of people to, like, to watch *House Moving Castle. Uh, it, it, especially, like, if only for its cultural relevance. But I think while it could be important and while it can have valuable qualities, at the end of the day, I don't think it's a good movie.
1: Oh, it was nice having a podcast with you, buddy. Uh... <laughs> We did pretty good so far. Four years ain't nothing to sneeze at, really. I, honestly, I think we did solid. And I'm going to keep my thoughts to myself, because if I say anything that agrees with you, I'm in trouble. Uh, they they uh, all know, Sean.
0: They, they they all know.
1: I don't think they do. I think, I think I've think i kept it on the pretty down low. <laughs> Try, trying to get all that things, plausible
0: deniability.
1: Yeah, nope, nope. Yeah, what I don't say can't be used against me in a court of weebs. Uh... So I suppose I'd have to ask Remington, care to take a guess at what the MAL score for Howl's Moving Castle is? Oh my
0: god, I think it's going to be like 8.8 to, no, fuck, I'm going to say 9. I think it's going to be a fucking 9.
1: Wow. Um, well, uh, with surprisingly only 750,000 ratings, uh, Howl's Moving Castle is actually only sitting at 8.66. Okay,
0: okay, okay. Higher than I think it deserves, but lower than I anticipated it to be.
1: So there are some people, there are some dissenters uh, out there who uh, aren't as big of a fan, but there aren't that many, uh, how should we say, uh, like, one-star reviews or two-star reviews? Let me,
0: let me put it this it's way. You. Right now, if if memory serves correctly, Totoro and Kiki's are my top two Ghiblies. Right. Um, They're also, like, the most slice-of-life casual shit. For the love of God, Ghibli stay with the human slice of life stuff since day one it has been apparent to me that plot is not the strong point but really human interactions and and just capturing the humanity of a moment i care about studio ghibli films far more when it's just like oh man i hope things go well for this character i want them to be happy rather than oh man the iraq war is <laughs> Oh
1: boy. Uh, and this is the part where I tell you that there hasn't really been a new uh, Ghibli film in quite some time. Uh, but hey, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Because uh, as things stand, Remington, it looks like there is a finite amount of Ghibli movies for us to cover. Oh, shit. Uh, which is why I've been saving two of the most popular requests for near the end. Uh, we still have a few more in-betweeners to get to, and some that I'm that we're probably never going to cover unless we get a lot of requests. Yeah, I mean, because... there's like 20 something. Yeah, and I will say like I said that this is the first major one after Spirited Away. Uh there are like three others in between, but uh two of them don't matter and I'm sorry if y'all, but no matter how much you love The Cat Returns, uh not many people give a fuck about The Cat Returns. I'm sorry. Oh man, I'm sorry. they made it's a true. sequel
0: to my favorite musical and Miyazaki produced...
1: <laughs> You can't even finish the show. <laughs> You laughed at your own joke. Wait just before it even came out of your mouth. It's
0: a visual of a Studio Ghibli cat sequel. I want y'all to picture whatever whatever you have in your mind right now. Oh my god, this fucking gold, dude. <laughs> the
1: point is, Rem. Uh, our time reviewing uh, Ghibli films is limited. It's limited. We don't have a whole lot left. I'd say at most we have maybe six or seven. I still. Considering how many films there are in the world and how many anime there are for us to cover, that's not a whole lot. We usually do a Ghibli every once every couple months. So by this time next year, we could be done with Ghibli. Who knows? Who knows? But I suppose the final question I have to ask that I have a sinking suspicion I know the answer to. Uh, is there any chance you'd like to rewatch watch uh, Howl's Moving Castle with me?
0: Despite the many, many, many people who are like, oh, yeah. On the third rewatch, let me tell ya.
1: Um, no, I'm not interested. So, so, film Stockholm Syndrome is not what you're going (laughs) for. No, no, not at all. You don't want the suspension bridge effect of, uh, Pretty Boy Howl. You don't want that. Uh, That's not what you're after.
0: Nah, nah.
1: He's just a fuckboy, y'all. Well... I suppose with that, uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed Rem ripping out your burning heart and stamping on it, uh, along with all of your other childhood dreams, then please head on over to uh, wherever you get your podcast, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, and then leave us a review. It means the world to us, and we do read every single one. Uh, including, uh, all of the bad ones, which, uh, as soon as we say a bad opinion on one particular thing, they're like, ah, they hate this, therefore they get one star. It's a very petty and interesting way to review a podcast, but, hey, I'm not gonna hate on it. They, they make us laugh sometimes. Uh, but if you'd like to support us more directly, you can head on over to twitch.tv slash context, where, uh, myself, Remington, and Dylan occasionally play video games very badly. But if that's not enough for you, you can head on over to patreon.com slash animeoutofcontext, and access to all kinds of lovely bonus material, including having the opportunity to have uh, your name read aloud live on the podcast. Uh, so, Rem, who are we thanking this week, and who are we going to be hiding from specifically?
0: <laughs> well, as always, we would like to send our regards to all of our bland bit protagonists, as well as our magical girls, who we really appreciate. But moving on, we reach our Yonder Waifu tier, who are just going to straight us, yeet us off the, the moving castle at its peak. And on that list, we have Alex. Zorena, Xanax, Yontosaurus Rex, Yandere Neko, Yahir, Y Sean? Whoever told you that is either a ghost or a bitch. What Does a Little Sister Ride, a Nissan, Walk Me Home Gently, Wacky Hypotheticals, Vaini Jordan, Yuliana, Trifingers Horse But Whole, uh, Trenton Farrell, Totally God, Titan C&H, The Susanator, That Film Guy, That Was the Worst Throw Ever of All Time, Sorry It Took Me So Long To Fix My Name, ADHD, and All That Jazz, Silent Secondary, Shoujo addict, don't send help, send me more romance tropes because my husband isn't a romantic is the title of my light novel. Sean sure looks sexy in those cat ears, right fellas? Salty pretzel, Ross um, Palmer. Rhiannon Williams, Remington Merrill. Remington and Sean, it's up to you to be funny or I'm giving up and dropping out of school. Uh, ready to be easy Pasta la vista, you have mama'd your last Mia. Welcome back, Sean. I hope it was worth it. Uh, <laughs> e- extra <laughs> funny for reasons n- not on the podcast. Uh, just 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 personal reasons. That that's extra funny. Um. Uh. Only God can judge them. It's up to me to send them to him. Irish wristwatch. no waifu, no laifu. Navi, my substitute teacher typed in high school into Google, and the top autofill was uh Mr. Marshmallow Man. Misika came from that way as she points to where Mike the Mutilator. Matthew Drum says Sean's a bitch. Matt O2 Max Lucio. Lou Goffenberger. Kazu Morocco. Casey Mosley. Cassidy. Just a traveler. Jul- Julian Garcia. Jax, hands. I, Remington, redact my statement on Toradora. also, hey Dylan, wanna fuck, ooh, uh, I want Remington to ruin D.I.T.F. for me, I, Remington, enjoy Moe Lolly Girls, I have the power, I could be the hero, I could be the villain, it doesn't really matter, I can make this idiot say anything, I guess you're on Keter duty, I binged anime out of context for a month, now I hear your voices in my dreams, oh fuck, Hunter Davies, Hunger Bunger, he's not my boyfriend, the pool and I are just friends, with benefits, Hey, you, slob on me knob, like corn on the cob, then give me head like a rem in bed, do a moan. Have you received Porous Boris fan art yet? Uh, if you have, can I see it? Uh, Nova. Uh, not yet, though. What? Once again, Porous Boris, send fa- fan art. Uh, Glenn Michael Dolan, fuck of love, fox and boy. First we had Linus Weenus, then Dickus. now we had present elitist fetus, brought to you by Gugus Goggus. Ferdinand the Bull, Farmer Weeb had a bad pickup line of the week. Hey, are you a beaver? Cause damn. Uh, Fantide, Extreme Cobra, Epic AB, English White Swords has a ban list now. Gotta adjust your Kaguya and Data Live decks. Wait, what's a Data Live, Sean? Uh, Data Type Darkstorm Seven One Three.
1: Clever, but I'm not. I'm not being tricked into explaining another thing <laughs> in a Patreon
0: readout. <laughs> Dante Soriano, Daddy Dylan's yogurt doesn't taste yummy at all. Creed Thirteen, Gross. Coral Empire, Shy Nine Hundred, Cheese Monkey, Cage in the House, Brockard for Geodudes, Big Blue Bear Boy. Be Like Harry and Don't Fuck Your Sister Unless It's Your redheaded Best Friend's Sister, Audio Glitch, Ariel Bird, Andrew Rauke, Elise Howard, AJ Honey, Adam McLaughlin, and A, it's not a VTuber reference, it's a Senzawa reference. Thank you all so much, but we move on to the Boy Wizard tier over at Hogwarts, where everybody is gonna be assigned a, a Ghibli film to watch. And on this list, what is love, a vow, a band of gold, ephemeral state of mind, or an action, perhaps a gift, only truly received when reciprocated? You get, Uh, you're, you're gonna get arieti um, warning, we still remember the barrel. Uh, and right in that barrel is going to be Tales from
1: Earthsea. Oh, fuck. Uh, yeah. Don't worry about it. We'll talk about it eventually. <laughs> I don't want to, but we will. All
0: right, I imagine there's going to be a lot that I don't know. Probably most. Tony the Great. You get, a uh, Whisper of the Heart. Uh, time, line time is not made out of lines. It is made out of circles. That is why clocks are round. nyan Nyanpasu. You get panyom. Uh... Stick Meat, you are going to get my neighbors, my neighbors, the Yamadas. Uh, Silicon Specter, you get from up on Poppy Hill. Uh, Rat Visa, that, that was for Silicon Specter, right? Yep. Yeah, cool. Rat Visa, the Finnish, and the one who is slowly teaching the wholesome Moomin family to commit arson. You get my neighbor Totoro. Pocket Gamer Five One Three, you are going to get Porco Rosso. P.L. Mayor, you get spirited away. Odina Fish, you are going to get When Marnie Was There. M.T. the Poet, you get The Cat Returns. That lovely cat sequel. Uh, Momo the Griff, you are going to get Ocean Waves. Mike Wants an Overlord Review, you get Howl's Moving Castle. Miguel Dalion, you get The Tale of the Princess Kaguya. It will only be a select number of episodes before the darkest day. I wonder what torture option Rem will decide for Sean. (laughs) You get uh, Princess Mononoke is My Favorite Cryptid says, I feel like Yumiko Jabami because I'd gamble it all for your heart. You get Castle in the Sky. I'm the president of Draco United, not Remington. You get Grave of the Fireflies. Hold on a second, listeners. I need to log on to my Notaku Clicker game. You get Only Yesterday. Hinata has a ball of sunshine. For you, uh, Pompoco. Hey, kids, those ways get into Abyss. Fetch. You will get The Wind Rises. Harrison. You're going to get Kiki's delivery service, fisherman from Norway. You you're get you got to watch Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Edward?
1: Oh shit, running out. Yeah, no, I, I told you there're not that many. There are not that many, simply put.
0: You are going to get Totoro 2, too much Totoro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no such thing.
0: No such thing. Uh Turpy <laughs> Pangu. you get Kiki's retail job. Beethoven 1201, <laughs> aka Izumi, You are going to get ah shit. My parents are pigs. Fuck them. Uh, I ba- mm. <laughs> <laughs> like dismiss <laughs> them, neglect them. Don't. Yeah. sex. <laughs> 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 oh, uh, babe, do you work at Build-A-Bear? Cause I'd stuff you. You get. You get Howl 2: The Return of Calcifar. Uh,
1: which take place
0: in Agrabah. Um, All Father's Curse fact
1: of the week. <laughs> it's going to be very poor, It's going to be very poorly animated because of a massive, uh, well justified strike as well. That's the only downside.
0: Oh fuck! Uh, All Father's Curse fact of the week in the spirit of Lent. We have an Easter one this week. Jesus, by definition, was a lich. Uh you get Despicable Me Eight, the one with the soot sprites. uh, <laughs> uh ew. Aaron Haland. Uh, you, you get the 10 hour cat of just the, a 10 hour cut of just the cat from Kiki's delivery service. Two section, I have to show you my rule 34 of Yui. It's my favorite of my many folders. Um, you are going to get my neighbor, Bill, mm-hmm. just about Bill, the, the neighbor. Just good old Bill. And last but not least, in the boy uh, wizard uh, tier, nice. we have Dash, Dot 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 dash dot 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 dash dot dot dash dot dash dot 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 dash dash dot dash dash dot dot dash dot 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 dash dot 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 dash dot dash dot dash 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 dot dot dash dot dash dot walls from Lord Brock Doof Um You get nothing for having to make me read that cursed bullshit once more. Uh, no <laughs> You're denying I'm depriving
1: Lord Brock Doof Um
0: it could for all we know it could be
1: a very nice message in Morse code. We all right, know. you know what?
0: Here. Uh, Dylan, just put something here in in Morse code.
1: <laughs>
0: cool. That that's that's your movie. Uh Lord Backdoof. There you go. <laughs> Um, moving on, finally, we reach the inappropriate Joey Wheeler tier, uh, where uh, everybody is going to get their own pet, uh, and Sean will recreate Joey's reactions to these pets that you are getting, all right? So first, Sean, we should watch Helsing a Bridge next week. Uh, you are going to get, oh my God, you're going to get a, a, one of the large ducks, the sauna ducks from Spirited Away.
1: Is it appropriate to call those a pet? I I'm pretty sure they're sentient, my guy.
0: Well, our lovely patron is getting one as a pet. So, how would how hey, would Yooks, you
1: I don't know if this is ethically appropriate, <laughs> but hey, they're cute and I want to give them a hug. <laughs> Perfect.
0: Perfect. Uh magic, hey magic ice ball. Uh you are going
1: to get uh uh you get medium-sized totoro. You know, I don't know about this particular Totoro. He's not as cuddly as the big one, but you know what? I can at least wrap my arms around him.
0: Uh, to my dear, dear old mom. Uh, gonna get a sit spray. Uh,
1: yeah. I don't know if this is really a good pet because I don't think I can really handle it and my hands just keep getting dirty and I'm worried I'm going to crush it.
0: And now last, but certainly not least, going above and beyond, Dylan Hayden is going to get a twofer. Little game of cat and mouse. Dylan, you're going to get mia. From Arietti and Baby Bo, who, who 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 from *Spirited Away*,
1: but like uh, as 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 the rat, as the rat, yeah. Okay. Uh, hey Yulks. Uh, I know the duck thing was an ethical quandary, <laughs> but are we really gonna keep this baby rat? And I don't mean like it's a baby rat. I mean it's a baby that got toyed into a rat. A and I don't know baby. if that's okay. <laughs> it's an I just don't know baby. if that's okay.
0: Oh, well, there we go. If you want to reach out, whether it's for a comment, question, feedback, or recommendation, feel free to tweet us at AnimeConPod on Twitter or send an email over onto animeoutofcontext at gmail.com.
1: Once again, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. We love you all very much, and as always, don't fuck your sister.
0: So she just thought, I'm old, time to fuck my family, I guess? This movie is a metaphor about Miyazaki's veiny dick. And that's not me being like, no, like, Miyazaki has openly stated this.
1: I do my best to think about your little penis, you know, I try to do something- Do you? Sometimes, yes.
0: I'm so tempted. I'm not going to do this because I care about our listeners. But Sean, Sean, to, to get you to understand, what if I I told Dylan to add 15 seconds of of just chewing sound effects right now? Don't do it, Dylan.